When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Tuesday night. Um, I know the last week we didn't do an episode here, but we have been doing the videos here. Um, I just got to repurpose that because it's a little more difficult than I had originally anticipated. But we're going to be working on that. It's not going to be a problem. Also, if you guys in here, let me know if the audio quality is choppy. I did have some issue with that last time, and uh, I think we got it squared away. I think we do. So we're going to take a look and play everything out as it comes about but we got a lot on our plate tonight we're going to go through all this um everything from this idea that now the biden administration representatives within the biden administration saying that the origins of the covid 19 virus was most likely due to lab leak not an a wet market not that but gain of function research you know all the stuff that fauci had been denying for the last three years yeah so we're talking about that. I got something to say. Uh, I got some stories about some vegans, and I want to pick on them a little bit tonight. I also want to talk about some of the happenings going on here around the state. We, you guys, you know, this is caucus season. So if you happen to be within the Republican Party, especially your county parties, you're having your caucuses. You have new leadership. Uh, you know, maybe some of you have some of the old, same old, same old. Don't expect anything different, by the way. Um, I'm going to be talking about some of my experience with my county party. And we're going to break down a little bit of what happened in places like Dane County, Milwaukee County, and what to expect here, or at least what I'm thinking, come 2024. 24 is going to be interesting. 24 is going to be interesting simply because all eyes are going to be on Wisconsin. And what fascinates me about that is, well, we're going to have the Republican National Committee, the RNC. They're going to have their national convention in Milwaukee. How very interesting that is. 
So we're going to talk about that. And of course, we'll take your calls. Live number here, 920-376-9400. If you want to call in and be a part of the show, got a lot to get into here. So um, something I want to bring up first and foremost, I hope you guys are being safe out there. Some of these storms that we've had out and about here have been, uh, well, they've been pretty intimidating, really. What was it? Last week we had uh, we actually had a pretty good snowstorm blow through, and then the winds were really kind of keeping up. They weren't as bad as Thursday as a lot of people said they were going to be, but a lot of places they didn't send out trucks. They had people stay home. A lot of schools were canceled, and that makes sense, you know, because you got you you make sure that your people always safe you know that that when you send them out on the road that they get home alive in one piece and then even yesterday it was kind of an interesting day because we had a lot of freezing rain sleet some snow it really made a mess out of everything out there and i got to a point where i almost called it a day i mean it was like nine o'clock and i was ready to call it but i kind of stuck it out was in a safe area for about an hour but it does interest me though why is it that when we have crap weather like this, when we have bad weather, everybody should be driving like all under the speed limit? That makes sense, right? Because, I mean, you don't want to spin out of control. You don't want to be spiraling everywhere. I don't get people that decide that they're going to go ahead and just go to speed limit and, and above, or, or worse yet, have to pass people up. And then you wonder why you're, you're in an accident. Of course, the comedy of it for me is when you have an individual who has, like, you know, this four-wheel drive or some big truck or something like that, and I don't know. I guess people with vehicles like that really don't have any idea about some basic scientific principles like inertia or the fact that it's great you have four wheel drive or this big monster truck, but ice has like no respect for your traction, your tires, your tread, none of it. I just think it's kind of funny. Well, it's funny as long as it ain't happening to me. But I'm not the person who's going to be driving 300 miles an hour when it's like, you know, two feet of visibility. Not my thing. Anyway, let's get into this here. I want to start to start a show off here first with um, let's go into health and fitness, diet, and nutrition, that good stuff right there. And, and I want to get to this here because, as you guys know, I've been on this carnivore diet almost six months. Six months, wow! As of March, no, as of March twelfth, it have been six months. Eighty pounds, man! I must have been fat. I mean, that's kind of jiggly. But man, I wouldn't say I'm jiggly. But I mean, I, obviously, when you when you think about eighty pounds, that's a lot of weight. And I don't know. It's like having a losing eighty pounds is like losing like an eight or nine year old child or a small woman. You know, it's just it's kind of trippy when you think about it like that. And then to have a lot of that weight in your midsection and everything. But as you guys know, I've been doing my weight loss journey, you know, means of some exercise, more walking, and then, of course, I modified my diet to do a carnivore diet. I know there's going to be some people out there that's going to be like, well, it's not really carnivore that you're doing it. Yes, because I have some spices and I allow a cheat day. Whatever. I guess that's ketovore. Whatever. Fact of the matter is I managed to drop 80 pounds so far, and I, I have a primarily... And when I say primarily, I'm talking 99% of the time, animal-based diet. So I've eliminated carbs, I eliminated sugars. Um, if, it, if it's not a ruminant, if it's not, if it didn't have a face for the most part, 
I'm not eating it. Like I said, I have a cheat day here and there. Oh, I do miss rice. That's but still, that's beside the point. Now, I'm, been a big, I'm a big advocate of the carnivore diet, but I'm an advocate to the extent I would never recommend diet to anybody. I would never recommend you do this way of eating. Um, not the way I'm doing it, not the way anyone else is doing it. And the reason I wouldn't recommend you do that is I would want you strongly suggest that you do your own research first and then decide if this is the proper diet for you. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to talk about how it's the proper human diet and to, to a large degree, I, I, I agree with that. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I agree with that only because we think about it ancestrally. They were carnivores, but they were also horrors too. They they would eat you know whatever they can get, but they're also a lot more active than we were. So that being said, it's interesting as somebody on a carnivore diet, on a carnivore way of eating, when you go out and you try to have a meal outside the home. Interesting fact about people on a carnivore diet, they usually don't eat out too much. The reason they don't eat out too much is because why am I going to pay the full price of a meal just to get the steak? Because they're not going to cut the price because you're not having the potatoes, the salad, the bread, or anything else. Not only is it a cost measure, but at the same time, the portions are just very, very small. So that, again, well, I guess it goes back to cost because, you know, what are you going to do? Sit there and eat like two porterhouses that are, you know, six-ounce porterhouses? You could do that at home for half the cost. But vegans, for the most part, have a ton of options. However... I came across this story this morning, and it, it just cracked me up. And it cracked me up because when you, if you were to look at the political leanings of an, of an individual who is a carnivore versus an individual who is a vegan, look at their political leanings, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to deduce that. You know, people on the left generally tend, vegans generally tend to be on left of center. People that are on a more... High-protein, meat-based diet generally tend to be right of center. Now, I'm not saying that they're Republican or conservative. I'm just saying they're right of center. And the same with the ones on the left. Not saying that they're Democrats or liberals, but they are, for the most part, left of center. And, of course, the reason for being a vegan generally stems from things like meat is murder, um, gotta save the planet. Isn't it kind of, like, ironic when you think about that, though? If meat is murder, so you're not going to eat the cow, but or any other animal that matter, but you want to go ahead and eat all the greens and everything else, aren't you eating their food? You're taking away 
from the mouths of the baby cows. Like, what kind of monster are these people? But that's not enough. No. Well, they're not monsters. I would say more like self-absorbed, self-entitled, preening brats. The story here I get from the Lad Bible here, there was a woman who is baffled, befuddled. She can't put it together. Why? That she was told at a popular restaurant in England that they do not cater to vegans. Aha! So it's surely, uh, it's actually very strange for somebody from the UK, because uh, she's very pretty, and her teeth are all straight. Because don't they generally have, like, jacked up, like, two things going on there in England. It's kind of like the stereotype. I love stereotypes, so I'm going to run with it. Her kids are all straight. Like, she wants to travel to America to go see a dentist or, you know, maybe Mexico. You know, half the cost, that type of thing. Anyway, so we got the TikToker. Um, a TikToker has spoken out against a popular restaurant for being anti-vegan. The responses to this are actually really hilarious, too. They're supportive of her. We'll get to that here. Even if you're not a vegan, prepare to gape at the rudeness. It's not hard to let vegans be vegans. We shouldn't exactly be rude to them. I like, I like this one. We shouldn't exactly be rude to them. But, dot, dot, most of them are just trying to save the planet after all. You may grow slightly if your vegan comes around for dinner and you don't have oat milk or vegan cheese in the cupboard and forgot that vegans don't eat either. And if that's the case, then you don't eat in my house. You know, like, I got grass out there. Hook yourself up. Don't, don't let me stop you. It's growing out somewhere. Grind it up. Make flour. I don't know. Make some bread out of grass. I, I don't know. No, you, you, you. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't forget they don't eat eggs either, but most restaurants have made waves in recent years to make sure it was included on their menu. And the only reason most restaurants have done that is because it is a money-making operation. The same reason why uh, the ketogenic diet for years was vilified, and now all of a sudden it's cool to be keto because why? Big businesses can go ahead and sell you a cauliflower pizza crust for damn near $10. And that's just the cauliflower pizza crust. We're not even talking the top either. Anyway, however, one popular restaurant located in Essex has come under fire from a TikToker after they allegedly refused to cater to her vegan dietary requirements. Amy Beth was looking for somewhere nice to catch up with her mate after they arrived back from a holiday. The pair decided to contact place called Sheesh. That's the name of the restaurant, Sheesh. S-H-E-E-S-H. Sheesh in Essex after Amy Best's mom recommended it. Mom. Hello, mom. Mom. Despite having, a f- having been there a few years ago and allegedly being told she couldn't order only sides, despite there not being any other vegan options on the menu, Amy Beth rung up the restaurant to check to see if it would be possible this time. Amy Beth noted she and her friend hope she may be okay with her being vegan, considering they were letting the restaurant know in advance and perhaps restaurant's policies have been updated since she last visited. The TikToker said, We rang them up and said basically, My friend wants to come. She's a vegan, so there's nothing on the main menu she can order. Would it be okay if she just ordered sides? Because she was, she's been, excuse me, because she's been before and wasn't allowed. According to Amy Beth, the woman on the end of the phone responded, We don't care to vegans. I don't even know why a vegan would even want to come to our restaurant anyway. Amy Beth admitted Sheesh is a fancy restaurant and has a celebrity clientele. People don't just go there for the food. They do genuinely just go there for the vibes. However, the TikToker added, It's 2023. B 
being a vegan is weird. Wrong. Wrong woman. I need that soundbite from Conan the Barbarian where he goes, what is best in life? And this one dude's like, you know, the open sleep on a horseback, the wind in your hair. And like the old, like the old barbarian's like, wrong. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see a driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of their wind. Right? See, that, that's, you know, I had to get that sound bite. Anyway, being a vegan is weird. That's just be real. And I love the arguments from vegans in general. Just they come out and say, well, the human body wasn't designed to eat meat. Really? Uh, please explain incisors. Please. You know, those cutting teeth you have, your front teeth that you have, you know, the ones that were meant for tearing meat. Please explain that. Oh, I mean, yes, you could justify your your being, uh, um, you know, eating plant-based items, you know, vegetables, fruit, all that other stuff with molders because it was designed to grind things. Yeah. The human body is actually meant to be omnivorous. That means you can eat anything. The problem, of course, with today's modern American diet or just the overall standard diet is, well, you can definitely speak for America. We became way too gluttonous of a society. Not to mention, you know, the food industry. I mean, boy, they've been really adding the sugar in there since like the mid-80s. The ladies going nuts with it. Go to any gas station. Like, seriously, go to any gas station for anything that you would consider to be real food. And you could probably come out with, and you only buy one of that item. You'll probably come out with a small bag with a couple items. The rest of it is garbage. Like, I love Quick Trip, and I love their glazers. I love their, I love a lot of stuff in there. But it, it's not. It's not real food, you know. Well, anyway, vegans are weird. That's just pure, you know. She continues, we were just asking a question. Fair enough if that's your policy, but I just can't believe that a restaurant that's all well-known would be so rude. Must be her first day going to a restaurant, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, viewers of Amy's video had to post and support the debacker. One says she is very overrated due to Seb's going there a lot. I agree, X. Now, it's easy to say that you can think it's overrated because celebrities go there because chances are you're probably priced out of that restaurant. Trust me. I've been to many restaurants, and I want to go to others, but I got priced out of them too. Brothers are broke these days. Another wrote, she is literally all aesthetic and no substance. So many better alternatives in Essex, another wrote. A third ad, regardless of who they do and don't cater for, they should never be rude about it and... If you, if you want to go and just order a side, that's your prerogative. I get that, I suppose. But if they don't have an a la carte menu, then they just don't have an a la carte menu. You know? I mean, wouldn't it have been easier just to order whatever and say, hold the I mean, like, literally, yes, it was, you could pay for a full meal, but it is what it is. A final result. If a restaurant doesn't offer, offer vegan, vegetarian, or gluten-free options in 2023, it's dead. No excuse. Where did all this gluten stuff come from, by the way? Like, how exactly did people live from, like, I don't know. It must be because, like, prior to 2005, nobody had gluten problems. Like, how the hell did we get, how did we make it this far as a species? That's what I want to know. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I, got, I, got, I got celiac disease. You know what? They might have one or two people that did it, but it was like, not the norm. Now everybody's like, I need this gluten-free. I need this, you know, X, Y, and Z. Just really weird. And if people only were gluten-free, alert, then maybe 
with cross-contamination. Right. Yeah. And that's why, you know, and I can respect a vegan, for example, that doesn't go to a you know, particular place because, okay, I can't have, if I'm vegan, right, and I'm very principled about it, I can respect it if, say, you're like, well, they made this here, they made my, my impossible meat, my impossible burger on the same grill, the beeper, so I can't cross-contaminate. Muslims will be the same way. Like, they just aren't hearing it. Don't, don't, don't cook their meal on the same grill that you cook their bacon on. You don't, okay? I, I can respect that. But I also think, too, it's like, if you're going out in public, don't be surprised when they do that. Right. You know, just the same. When I, if I go out, so I, I went to McDonald's today, and I got the three-quarter pound burger bags. Now, McDonald's is kind of weird that way, where they actually will give you the fee patties. It's like a buck fifty a patty. And, you know, cool. But what would I do if they didn't have that option? I just have to buy the burgers and throw the buns away. It'd be the first time I've done that at a restaurant. I think I, I, think I did it one time at Chick-fil-A. Not having fried chicken was good, but, you know, well, it was freaking delicious, really. But the fried pork just, it's a big no-no for me. It's kind of a cheat. But anyway, the one thing I will say about this, as far as Sheesh is concerned, as far as that restaurant is concerned, in other ways, I think that is bad business. One, the, the, the root aspect, and if you're a hoity-toity, uppity-type restaurant, you kind of expect that, and you're just taking, you know, you're, you're talking to just the normal clientele, people who aren't necessarily high-end buyers. However, when you think about just the customer service aspect of it on the phone, reputation is really important. And especially in this day and era, you could be talking to some type of social media influencer like this individual, and that could really bash your business on the other hand though i also think it's bad for business in a sense like well you know what if, if you if you got some vegans that are coming by why not just give them the option you know talk to the restaurant manager i'm sure they can come up with something on the fly make it happen because you want you want customers you want people going into your doors and you don't want people you know trash talking you i don't know what the uk's uh equivalent to yelp or google review or anything is but i would think you would want to do that now that being said, I, I will applaud Amy Beth in her, her saying, if that's the policy, that's the policy. Cool. Just didn't have to be rude about that. However, I've noticed over the years, a lot of vegans generally tend to be very entitled. Like, well, you have this. It's not weird. No, it is weird. As a matter of fact, I would even argue that my... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My current way of eating a, a strictly animal based, protein heavy. Extreme protein is weird. 
because who does that? Like most people, I think, are okay with having a sandwich. Most people are okay with, you know, a rigatoni, um, you know, fried chicken here and there. It's funny, Jen and I had this conversation and I was talking about the fact that when you start doing this keto diet, I'm like, man, I can't do that. That's like way too restrictive. And I finally decided that, all right, I got to start dropping some weight. So what do I do? I don't just do like a restrictive diet like hers. I decided to take it to a whole nother level, like ultra restrictive. And to say that doing a diet like that is not weird. No, come on. It is. You know, it, it, it's completely bucking the norm. And I think on both ends of it, whether you're vegan or you're carnivore, it does take a lot of discipline to maintain what you're doing. Now, that all being said, don't expect restaurants to cater to you. I go to a restaurant, let's say if I were to go to Olive Garden, I got very few choices over there. And I picked Olive Garden specifically because what what is there really? There's like, but, well, I can't eat that. Zucchini? No vegetables. You know? So, I mean, what? what don't they have the uh, Tuscan steak or something like that? Well, they have steak dinner. But it doesn't matter. Because if I got that, I'm still being charged for the full meal. You know? What am I going to do? Raise all kinds of hell about that? No. It, it, you went there. You made a choice. I'll, I'll take a side of steak. I'll, I'll take the steak with a side of steak. Do you, you have any uh, some meat croutons? Uh, what's that? Ham slices. Ham cubes. Meat croutons. Can't like that. <sighs> Here's something else that kind of fascinates me about vegans, too. Jen, you'll appreciate this. Why do they have to, why are, if they're so principled on, you know, no meat or anything, why do they make so many different products that are simulating, looking like meat? You know, like those impossible, impossible burgers or impossible hamburger or, uh, what's, what's that plant? Chicken patties, but yeah, chicken patties that's not chicken. Did you know KFC actually did something like that? They have impossible chicken, and when you cut it, it just looks like, I don't know what it looks like. It's bad. Well, apparently, the plant-based meat market is in complete disarray. It's, it's, it's in free fall as of right now. And a lot of that is because, I think, one, it's way overpriced, and it's kind of like, it's like drinking beer. It's like drinking non-alcoholic beer. What's the point? Story here out of Yahoo News. Just over a decade ago, two companies emerged with a mission to change the way consumers consume. Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods, both uh, founded in 20, 2009 and 2011, respectively, greenhouse gas emissions from farming and livestock production were threatening our environment, and global consumption of meat was beginning to look unsustainable in the long term. Oh my God, I can't read that without laughing inside. Well, they approached the problem with two different recipes, both Beyond and Impossible, hope to provide customers an off-ramp for their largely carnivore lifestyles. A good lifestyle, I would add. Beyond Meat's founder, Ethan Brown, believed in the power of plants using lentils and peas to create alternative proteins that aim to mimic the taste of real chicken and beef. Interesting thing here. If you took a look at... This is really important. Not all proteins are created equal. What do I mean by that? If I take a steak 
and let's say it has 30 grams of protein, right? Cool, 30 grams of protein. If I took a bunch of beans and it has 30 grams of protein, however much that would make for beans, those are not equal. There's like three different tiers of protein with the animal-based proteins actually being far superior than anything else. Not only that, but because it's a bean, a lentil, what'll happen is, is that it takes fewer calories to burn that as opposed to actual beef, chicken, lamb, pork. I think it is almost five to six times more calories, up to, I think, 30 to 36% of calories it takes to actually digest, consume, and burn off what you've eaten. When it comes to things like lentils, it's somewhere like five or six, uh, six percent. So your body has to work hard to digest the actual real thing as opposed to a lentil, a pea, anything else like that. Moreover, when you take a look at actual real meat, what is happening is you are satiated full for longer periods of time. If you're doing this with, you know, impossible meats or anything else like that, remember the old joke, you know, I went and I had Chinese food and I was hungry an hour later. Why? High in carbohydrates. That, that's the simple explanation there. Uh, going back here, by 2017, its products were sold in 11,000 stores nationwide. By 2018, fueled by a flood of investors and large corporations looking to collaborate, Beyond Meat was valued at $1.3 billion. As for impossible foods, it's chicken nuggets, what they call them, chicken nuggies, are truly stellar. Impossible Foods founder Pat Brown, related to Ethan, entered the meatless scene in 2011, becoming a formidable Beyond competitor. Excuse me. For the past decade, company's pr products have become ubiquitous at both grocery stores and restaurants, with many consumers opting for these alternatives because they believe them to be healthy, as Pat Brown told the Financial Times in 2014, and better for the environment than animal products. Once again, wrong. But the founder's efforts to disrupt the meat industry appears to be slowly fizzling out, as recently reported by Bloomberg. According to market research firm Information Resources Incorporated, supermarket sales of meatless are down 14%. From the 52 weeks ending December 4th, meanwhile, layoffs have plagued both companies. Impossible has laid off 6% of its workforce, while Beyond has reduced the staff by 19%. Something interesting, if you're looking at for this past December 22 to December 21, and seeing, you know, less than what, this isn't uncommon in all, in pretty much every industry right now. And a lot of this has a lot to do with the fallout from the COVID and COVID policies, um, the lockdowns, all that off. But also, look at the massive amount of inflation that's going on. Buying any of these things, these impossible meats or anything else, the prices have gone up exponentially. They, they were never cheap to begin with. So people's buying power isn't quite what it was. They're going to cut back, and that's going to be one of the areas they're going to cut back on. Like, how do you justify, you know, seven, eight dollars a pound for, you know, impossible meat when you can go get some grass-fed beef for like five, six dollars? I mean, unless you're that, you know, this is what you're doing. Okay, it's good. Good on you. Let's see here. Bloomberg report: Diana Shanker. Points out that the pop the popularity of thick meat spiked during the start of the pandemic. Americans bought 5.3 million units of fresh meat alternatives in the eight weeks ending April 25th of 2020, three times the amount the year before. But now, as the cost of eggs and other household staples have reached astonishing highs, 
Consumers are tightening their wallets and reading nutrition labels with more of a critical eye than they have in the past. Ain't that the truth? Inflation has forced us to ask the question, is plant-based meat truly a better alternative or simply an overpriced sodium-filled substitute? <laughs> Didn't I say something like that? Anyway, after all, claims about these products' nutritional values and carbon footprint have been in question for consumers since at least 2018. Um, why consumers can't embrace impossible meat? Because it's not meat. Anyway, there are others more unexpected problems with these products that drive away consumers too, one of which their off-putting smell. Bloomberg explains that Beyond Meat, in order to approximate burger juices, is processed with cryogenic frozen balls of fat made from canola oil, refined coconut oil, while possible burger patties include a genetically modified yeast called soy, um, oh, I'm not pronouncing this here, soy, soy like hemoglobin, hemoglobin, is supposed to simulate the red juice that you see in meat. That's what it, it's, it's him. Uh, to lend a meaty flavor. Neither of these stuff smells good when cooked. Let's also add this to seed oils. Like, that's like big no in general. And I'm not going to get into that right now. But I would suggest you do that research on there. But the goal of both companies is to achieve price parity. It just hasn't happened yet. Plant-based is an expensive product to manufacture in the current market. Few customers are happy about buying are happy about buying real meat at that price, let alone a product they view as only being the next best thing. If impossible beyond eventually become an economic alternative, that could unlock some level of business growth. But as Bloomberg notes, it's impossible that that won't happen before cellular meat rises to dethrone plant-based as the next big thing. What you may ask is cellular meat. <laughs> I don't know if you see Jen over here shaking her head. I, did you ever see them 3D printing a steak? Oh, my God. There's this place in Israel, um, and I think there's a place here in the States, too, where they are literally 3D printing beef. And when you first look at it, it looks good because like, the marbling, the whole bit, where it falls apart is when you, when you cut the meat. It's like if you were to make so if you were really good with Play-Doh and made a uh, a ribeye out of Play-Doh, right? You could do that. Like you had marbling, you had all that stuff, and it was looking all good. You could do that. But when you cut it and it looks like Play-Doh on the inside, that's what that 3D meat looks like. Supposedly, and this is the fun part, it's to help reduce the carbon footprint. Here's the thing. With all those computers, the 3D printing, the amount of energy used to do everything, is it really reducing any carbon footprint? I mean, you're still burning off energy. You still got to get that energy from a coal. It's got to come from somewhere. And that all these people in these factories do it. Is it really a benefit? It's kind of like uh, people that claim they have an electric car. So somehow they're this virtuous paragon of society. So therefore, it's, you know, it's a good thing, right? Wrong. Because how much, you know, how much mining had to be done to make that battery? And all the transportation costs and everything else like that. Was it dilithium or something like that? Ah, uh, good times, good times. All right, let's take our first break. What do we got here? Ooh, train collides in Greece. 16 dead, 85 injured. Terrible. All right, we'll take our first break here. When we come back, let's talk about county parties. We've got a lot to get into that. So we'll be right back here.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's gun teams.
Welcome back to the Caramel Detective Podcast as we are approaching the 8 o'clock hour. Well, thank you guys for listening in here, checking us out. And again, if you want to call in and be a part of the show, the live call-in number here is 920-376-9400. I had to think about that because I don't call myself that often. But call-in number if you want to call in and be a part of the show. Here. And, of course, we are live on Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. If you're following me on social media, you click that link, come on down, and you can join here and be a part of the conversation in the chat room. Um, oh, make sure you check out our website, too. I got to make sure I give a shout out to that. It's the caramelconservative.com and also check out my YouTube channel. Been putting a lot more content on there and I would be expecting here. We're going to be transitioning more into the video realm and just having conversations with people. Um, and you just doing these the solo conversations like this, these monologues, a solo conversation. Conversation implies that you have more than one person, but apparently we, <laughs> we talk to ourselves. Got that venom thing going on, but, 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 but. Expect more of that, and we'll be, of course, repurposing it, putting it out there. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you find a podcast aggregated. If you guys can do me a huge favor, smash that like button, subscribe to you know whatever platform you're listening to, especially YouTube, because you can help a brother up there, and I really would appreciate that. So, um, Interesting weekend we had. Very, very interesting. A lot of happenings going around the state of Wisconsin. There was, uh, this is the season that we call caucus season. And I'm sure Democrats do this too, the Democrat Party of Wisconsin. But here in Wisconsin, for the Republican Party of Wisconsin, there's a lot of county parties that are doing their thing. And they have these things called Lincoln Day dinners. And I think it's funny because over the last couple of years, there's been a Lincoln Reagan Day dinner, it's a Lincoln Reagan Trump dinner. Some people do it early. Some caucuses do it early in the day and have a luncheon. And it's the same thing. And depending on how active your county party is, it might be the one of less than a handful of events that it has every year. So one of the very few times you actually meet. Others, it's a big deal. They have monthly meetings, quarterly meetings, and, and do different events. Now, I have expressed my frustration with my county party. My county party being the Sheriff County Republican Party. Um, and this past year, I was the vice chair. I was the vice chair that, unfortunately, was boxed out. And I boxed out because, well, I was told by one individual, we don't know you. I find that to be comical. Like, you may not know me, but anybody who's anybody in this county knows me. Like, literally. And I think it's funny when somebody, when somebody tells you something like that, it does give you pause and make you reflect because I think you have to look at, okay, when you say we don't know you, what is your circle of influence? What is your bubble? And if your bubble is on like your bridge club, the very few people that you talk to, they maybe don't know. So I'll give that. Or if your bubble, and I've seen people like this, they only associate with themselves with the the powerful, the elite, the, you know, high rollers, that type of thing. And if that's your bubble, then no, you're not going to know the average person or the person who rocks in between like myself. However, then you got an individual like me. I know a lot of people. And I'm not saying to be braggadocious or anything, but I know people in the Wisconsin Assembly. I know people within the, the Wisconsin State Senate. But I also know, and this might be more important than anything else, the average person. 
And as I said before, I probably, like, on any given day, Monday through Friday, I probably interact anywhere. I, I'm throwing out some round numbers here. But I probably interact with anywhere between 75 to 150 people on any given day on the weekdays. Weekends being significantly less because, well, if I don't leave my house on the weekend, I ain't doing it. It's just me. It's kind of weird. Hyper extrovert in the week, but during the weekend, God, I don't want to be a soul. Isn't it weird, though? Like, most people you think extrovert, they're like just all over. Like, no, I, I work to get home. Like, I just, man. It's kind of like today. I really wanted to, like, come home, go to sleep, just start over. Not that it was a horrible day, but it was taxing enough. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. The fact is, is that I, I would take more – I take my pride in knowing the average ordinary person, the people that I see in the grocery stores, the people I see, at, you know, in restaurants and other, you know, business establishments, the people I talk to at gas stations. I, I take more pride in knowing them – and talking to them about things that are important, things that matter to them. Because it's through having those conversations with people that it gives me a gut check. Because I, I could even sit here and tell you, damn it, this is how things should be based on my opinion. And some of it would be unsubstantiated conjecture. Some of it would actually be educated conjecture. But it would just be all me without having the input, the influence, the conversations with the average person. And when I say the average person, the average person could be somebody making minimum wage, bagging groceries. I know this one cat, um, I, I was talking with him, and, I, and I'm not going to drop names, but I was talking with him one time because he was about some of his, uh, some of the problems that he was dealing with. And I was like, you, you just, why, why are you playing around like that? Are you like, you got to step up your game, man. We talked for a bit. And it was it was the funniest thing in the world. I see him later the next week, and dude's like, man, I, I was telling my uh, there's a person he has to report to. I'm not gonna say what type of person. I was telling him this, and and he's like, yeah, that's actually good advice. He goes, oh, no, I was thinking, man, maybe I should, you know, try to try straight up the way. And I'm like, <laughs> that that conversation more important than having some of the other conversations, right? Well, anyway, and when I say the other conversations, the other conversations with the so-called elite, the high and mighty, whatever. There is value in having conversation with them too. Don't get me wrong. But the real value is in talking with a person on a day-to-day -day that is struggling just to make it on a day-to-day -day basis. You understand what I'm saying? So I find myself anytime when I'm questioned that, well, we don't know you. And I'm never questioned that. But in this particular case, I was like, no, no, you just don't get out of your bubble. And there is a danger to that. Because when you are stuck in your bubble, what happens is you lose contact with the people. And I take great pride in the fact that I can talk to the people every single day. I can do it in the course of my actual J-O-B because that's part of what I'm paid to do. I can do that when I go out and I do my grocery shopping or go to the gas station because, well, it's what I do. Now, over this last year, like I said, was literally hands-on. Very little input, if any, was even asked of. And my intention was to help to facilitate, help grow the county party to become a force within the state of Wisconsin. Because really, things were so rough, so bad that you could only go up from here. Well, it's not what he wanted. So here I was, conflicted, deciding, what do I do? Do I try to run for the chairman? Because the chairman was literally a figurehead. I asked for calls, never got them. I left emails. 
I left text messages. Hey, a response. No, no, I didn't get one response. Last April. I'll call you when I get back from vacation. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, here we are in February. Up until this past Saturday, I saw neither saw nor heard. Hmm. Okay. So that's what we're doing. And I don't think it was until 30 minutes prior to electing officers again, executive board members, that I finally made my decision. And I had the opportunity to speak to a couple of different people. I spoke with Senator Pat Tustin for a bit on this. I spoke with grassroots director for PW, Leslie Hubert. And, you know, they would say, you know, just do what they you do. Leslie was more, you know, well, you should just try to hold it. Ultimately, I came to this decision. And that decision was, well, it's a bit ironic how I'm going to phrase this. Seeing a member of the party, I think it's still a good thing. I'm still delicate. I can still go out and I, I, either way I do, I can advocate for the candidates I think that are best. But more importantly, as one person in the county party, I couldn't do this alone. Not when I have people working against me. Not when I have people that don't want to do a new way of doing things. Not when I have people that are stuck in the late 90s, early 2000 mindset. However, to the opposite side, as one person, as I've done for a few years now, I can do more than the entirety of the county party because I have nobody to hold me back. It's only what I want to do and how involved do I want to get. As is this past election cycle, I was involved with the Orlando Owens uh, you know, campaign as he ran for state treasurer. Honestly, if you've been watching my YouTube channel, I've had all these conversations with individuals running for various offices around the state and the Assembly and Senate, and we're continuing to do that. So my decision was literally pull out of the race, and, well, here I am, and I'm going to continue to do this. Now, of course, the elections don't have for another two years, but what can I do within two years? I think that people would be amazed. But there's something really important that we need to look at, and not just in Washer County. Now, Washer County is about two, two and a half hours from Milwaukee County. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But it's important that we keep eyes on this here because we are still in election season. As a matter of fact, April 4th, we had an election coming up. Spring election. And probably what the most important elections that we have right now, the balance of the Wisconsin Supreme Court hangs on a vote. It is literally between a lady by the name, and she is a very liberal justice, judge, Janet, uh, I'm not going to pronounce her last name because I will butcher it. And then you have a constitutional conservative in Dan Kelly. We'll speak on to Kelly here in a moment. Here's an individual in this race here. This is going to decide whether the Wisconsin Supreme Court goes liberal or stays conservative. And it's very important that you understand this. Because the way a court should operate, it, not, it should not be liberal. It should not, should not be conservative. It should be weighing out a particular issue brought to it and weighing it based upon the merit of the law. However, the problem with today's modern legal system is you have a lot of 
people that are left of center, liberal Democrats, and very partisan. And what they will often do is, much like the Constitution itself, they see it as a living, breathing document, if such a thing could it be, that is malleable to change with the times. Whereas on the other side, a judicial purist, a constitutionalist, I, I hesitate to say the word you know, conservative because really that term was coined by the mainstream media. But if you see the Constitution as it was written, somehow you're a conservative. Granted, most people that's the Constitution in that lens are conservatives. But let's say, for example, on the issue of abortion rights. If a people just says that I believe that this is a woman's right to choose, but will deny the father. If she says that it's not a life, that life begins at birth versus, say, conception. Because you don't believe life begins at conception. You just, you don't understand science, period. You know, it's, it's the beginning of human life. That's kind of how that works. Any, any, any scientist worth their weight is going to tell you that. Whereas a constitutionalist can look at that same issue, abortion, and say, okay, nothing constitution guarantees a right to an abortion. Nothing in here says, um, you know, that, that you know, you, you do have the right to be born. Um, let's see here. Yeah, no, not seeing it in there. But see the constitution for what it is. And what makes this race, and taking that into account, what makes this race so incredibly important here? is the Supreme Court has such incredible power. It can overturn laws. It can uphold laws. Take a look back in 2020 when they had the lockdowns. Governor Tony Evers only was supposed to have 30 days to have a lockdown emergency medical order like that. He extended it 60. The Republican Assembly ended up having a lawsuit after lawsuit. I 20 pages standing right by me here that show all the lawsuits that they had done. And there were times where even constitutional conservative, call them that, Supreme Court Justice Ryan Hagedorn sided with the members of the left. But what was interesting is that if you look at the way he ruled, it was based on rule of law. Eventually, when the right case was brought up, he went the other way. Doesn't make him a swing that way. It means that he's going to rule based on the rule of law. When I look at an individual, Judge Janet there, she's talking about, I'm going to make my decision based on my values. When talking with, with Judge Kelly, and I had the opportunity this weekend to talk to Dan Kelly. His opinions, personal opinions, his views are irrelevant. It is literally the letter of the law. And he said something that was so incredibly profound. And God, I wish I had it on video because it, it struck me like a ton of bricks. He said, what this election comes down to, what April 4th comes down to, is that you can either have the Constitution or you can have Janet, but cannot have both. And I'm over here like, man, that's that that was some big brain energy threw at us here. You can have the Constitution, or you can have Janet. You cannot have both. Now, why is this so important? Because what happens is if Judge Janet ends up going to the Supreme Court, it'll be a uh, it'll be a default, you know, I think four three. Liberal justice, liberal uh, Supreme Court. So you're going to see things over like Castle Doctrine. What's Castle Doctrine? You break in my home, I blow you away. And I have the right to do it. Did you know there are places here in America where if somebody breaks into your home, you have what's called a duty to retreat. So let's, let's take yesterday, for example. 
20 some degrees at night, freezing rain, cold, cold as a son of a bitch. Right? Ice all over the place. You step on the wrong thing, you'll probably cut yourself up. Someone comes out into your home, they break in. You don't have the right to get a kitchen knife, get your gun, get your AR. You don't have the right to get a piano string. You don't have the right to say, uh, fetch my knives. No. You have a duty to leave your own house, to leave your domicile. You do not have a right to protect yourself in your own home. An individual like Judge Janet, we can say Castle Doctrine gone. How about Carrie Seal? How about Act 10? You know, where you have to kind of neuter the whole uh, union thing. That too. Hard work? Gone. All of the hard work that has been done to make Wisconsin the, the phenomenal state that it is over the last 12, 14 years, all gone. They said something about a budget surplus of like, I think I want to do like $5.7 billion right now. They may have the numbers mixed up. It might be 7.5. But under Tony Evers' current budget proposal, you'll see that, that either 5.7 or 7.5 billion with a B gone within years under his current budget proposal. What does it have to do with Supreme Court? Well, like with a lot of other things, what will happen is there'll be court challenges. And how do you think that would run? How about this? Jerry Mandrick, Congressman Grothman, made an excellent point. When you think about this, Wisconsin has eight con- uh, congressmen. Eight congressional representatives, two of which are in Madison, or one is in Madison, one is in Milwaukee. Those are Democrats. Not surprised. Why? Because you're in a heavily densely populated area, low-income people, and that's just what it is. You go outside of that area, those congressional areas are all Republicans. So we have six Republican coming, two Democrats, and if you're able to redraw the districts, you can see them easily cutting, say, Milwaukee in half, Milwaukee County, and even by cutting Milwaukee County in half and you get, make two different congressional districts that way, well, think about the half a county Milwaukee would be enough and you incorporate the other counties above that. You incorporate that, half that county Milwaukee would be enough to outvote the rest. So this race coming up is extremely important. Now, if you think 2023 is uh, extremely important, there's no, there's no rest of the wicked. There's no, there's no resting for the weary. And why do I say that? All eyes are on Wisconsin. And not just because of this race in April 23 here, April 4. Look for a ton of outside money to come in. Eric Holder is dumping a ton of money over here. You got a lot of other, you know, liberal organizations doing the same thing. And they're going to continue to do that. Why? Because 2024 is around the corner. We've already got two, maybe three people that have announced for running for president here on the Republican side. Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, and I believe John Bolton said he was going to do it. Joe Biden's claiming he's going to do it. On the Democrat side, I just don't know if Joe Biden's going to be alive in another two years. Man can't walk up or down a flight of stairs. He'd probably trip pushing an elevator button. You can see him on an escalator. Like, he'd get eaten up. I've seen that happen before. Like, that is like, that's like real. Like, I, mm, mm-mm. Thanks. Anyway, in, let's see here, a couple months, we have 2020 Republican Convention in La Crosse. And in just over a year from there, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we will have the National Republican 
National Committee will have their National Conference Convention in Milwaukee. Then, an article where they said the first presidential debate is going to be in Milwaukee. And before you know it, November of 2024 will be here. Well, let me put it like this. November 2024 will be here, assuming Joe Biden doesn't get the whole damn plant nuked. Because we do have all that going on. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, let me be very frank. Politics is pop culture. And unfortunately, when it comes to pop culture, most people don't understand what they are looking at. Why do you think people are so easily amused with things like, I don't know, what were what, what those two chicks? Darcy and Marcy? Darcy? Uh, Darcy and Stacy. They're not even human anymore. They're plastic. Like, nothing about them. Like, oh, 90 Day Fiance. Uh, what, what are some of the other hot mess shows? Bed running around with a man in his hair. Shrek. But most people don't know what they're watching. That's the thing. You know? I, and I get it. If it's a guilty pleasure, it's a guilty pleasure. Like back in the day when I watched Jerry Springer, I watched it religiously. Because every time I felt bad about myself, I would watch Jerry Springer and like, damn, my life is not that bad. It, it, you know you know what show really made me feel good about Cops. And you know why Cops made me feel good? Because every time I would watch Cops, I knew that that idiot who was getting arrested, he had to sign a consent form to have his image on that television show. And I'm like, damn, you talk about thirst for fame. Mm-mm. No, sir. <laughs> Can't make this up. But this brings up another point, though. Not only are we looking at having Milwaukee being a hotspot of the nation, but we're also looking at Milwaukee County Republican Party. And I want to get into this a bit. And as you know, I want to get into this a bit because I think it's really, really important. I think it's really important. Um... Milwaukee County elected a bunch of new people. And that's a good thing, right? Dane County elected a bunch of people. That's a good thing. However, one of the things that has me a little, I'm going to say cautious, iffy, meh, in Dane County, Madison, Madison area, they elected a 24-year-old gentleman to be their county chair. Cool. All right. Some 24-year-olds are on I know when I was 24, I sure as hell was. Milwaukee County, elected 22-year-old young man. As a matter of fact, friend of the show, Hilario De Leon. You guys know Hilario, he comes on here occasionally. And uh, he played the role of uh, Dr. Fauci with the pancakes and all that good stuff. Uh, but the thing was, though, he ran for it. He was elected to be the chairman. And... I hate to say it like this, but I'm going to only because when I was in my younger 20s, younger, mid, and even late, I thought I had all the answers. And I'm not saying this is the case for these two gentlemen. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that I was stubborn, I was obstinate, and in a lot of ways I did things that worked against my own self-interest. And again, I'm not saying this about these two gentlemen. What I am going to say, though, that I think, can relate to at that time, especially with the benefit of hindsight, and I think what these two gentlemen will be able to relate to as they get older, is they I lacked a lot of practical real-world experience. Uh, granted, as a military brat, I probably did more my first than most people have done, you know, twice that, but 
I lacked a level of maturity. And I think a lot of 20-year-olds tend to lack levels of maturity. Um, so I, I definitely have concerns, especially with Milwaukee County, because Milwaukee County will be in the spotlight, the national spotlight going forward, going into the RNC convention of 24, going into the presidential election. You want to talk about pressure. Man, it's going to be insane. That being said, the characteristics and everything I described, these are unique. They may not apply to either of these two gentlemen. However, even if they did to any degree, the benefit is that most of these counties have executive boards. Milwaukee is actually broken down. You have the overall county, and then, and then it's broken down into, I think, like five or six branches. And each of those branches have a chair, and they're all part of the executive board and everything. So, um, so there are certainly fail-safes and everything to go along with that. But one of the things that I, I, I definitely hope to see, especially over this next year, is, and this being from every single county party, you know, we got to get that engagement out there. We got less than five weeks to get Dan Kelly into that office, into the Wisconsin Supreme Court, you know. And then, of course, you got to start looking for 2024. Start looking for candidates, get involved. You know, it's going to be nuts here. I got to do something here. I've been, the, I'm a terrible host. There's no cutting in and out, huh? All right. Thank you. Let me know. Thank you. Thank you. We got Christine in here. Good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, Ramaswamy decided he's going to run. Oh, that's right. I thought I saw it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You are right about that. Brother Orlando Owens here. What's going on? Yeah, and I think you're right about that. I think you're right. Christine mentioned, you know, he has a lot of people who can mention him, and I believe he is open to comments, criticism, advice, and I believe he will seek opinions. Often, yep, very important that he do that, uh, and I think I think that's just smart for any chair, regardless of your age. Get the advice and consent of a lot of other people, so that way you guys can make sure that you know you're doing the right thing. So it is going to be interesting, but uh, let's take our next break here. When we come back, I want to get into this whole uh, COVID business. Something, ah, <laughs> uh, you can't make this stuff up. Like I like to think you could, but. No, you really can't. We'll be right back.
I'm still waiting for that truck. I am still waiting for that truck. Here, here's some fun. Here, Joe, Joe said this here. Being Mexican, stealing cars comes naturally to me. <laughs> so here, so here's someone. So I'm half Mexican, half Puerto Rican. And so what does that mean? Well, naturally, it means I probably got to hate myself. But the other part is being Puerto Rican means I'm usually like a buck fifty short. Being Mexican means I always have a knife on me. I don't know. I said I like stereotypes, so let's just go with that. <laughs> uh, I want to continue real quick here on this whole RNC thing, too, um, before we go to the next topic. But there was a story here on the post-millennial. Go for all. Yes. That's magnificent. Magnificent. Jen, I'm making another custom tin. It's going to say, Goya for all. You do anytime I go to a speaking event too, instead of like handing out like pocket constitutions, just start tossing Goya into the crowd. That would be awesome. Uh, Goya and arroz con dulces for everybody. Oh, man. I'd have to get Melissa here from Ohio, though. She cooked it up. Like, it was I or anything like that. Oh, it's delicious. Just delicious. Uh, <laughs> y'all got me twisted over here. Uh, anyway, got all this email. Good stuff. Yeah, where the hell is my Cybertruck? Actually, you know what? I- I'm going to be real. Forget the Cybertruck. I'm really checking out that for Bronco. I'm trying to do J action or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, that new design. It's kind of nice. Kind of nice. Anyway, um, Paul Ryan made a very, some interesting comments here um, on the post-millennial, or in an interview here, reported by the post-millennial. What are you doing here? Wait, hang on. Oh, because we got advertisements. All right. Yeah, I found it interesting because, as you guys know, since 2016, and again, I would love to have a conversation with former Speaker of the House Paul Ryan. I would love to have a conversation. And I would, you know, pull no punches type thing, you know, but yet be civil, cordial, and a decent human freaking being, as we all should. Because you can have disagreements with people without being disagreeable. Paul Ryan was a never-Trump guy from the beginning. And when he was Speaker of the House in 2016 to 18, uh, he had a lot of this stuff to go on that impeded a lot of the Trump administration's policies, such as pushing the false narrative of Ukraine Gate and all the other nonsense that came along with that. And it's funny because right now he's saying that he will, he will boycott the GOP convention if Trump is the nominee. I'm just going to put it out here like that. It's kind of a dick move. Kind of a dick move. Why do I say it like that? It's like, bro, you were the former Speaker of the House. So clearly you have some weight here still in Wisconsin. You backed Tim Michaels. You still had weight here in Wisconsin. By the way, picked the wrong horse. Thank you very freaking much. But you still got stroke here in Wisconsin. So you're telling me you're not going to show up to convention here in 24 because you're having a temper tantrum about Trump? When you should be out here helping, I don't know, state assembly people, state senators, school board members, anybody who's running on the ballot? 
in your home state of Wisconsin? That's petty. Like, that is like a level beyond. Like, I'm petty. I ain't even going to lie about that. I'm very petty. But this this is like a whole other level of petty. So, in the story here from the Post Millennial, former Speaker of the House Paul Ryan announced he won't participate in the 2024 Republican National Con- uh, Convention if the nominee is former President Donald Trump in an interview on Thursday. On Fox 6 News, correspondent Jason uh, Calvi asked a former Wisconsin congressman where he would be for the upcoming Milwaukee Convention, to which Ryan replied, It depends on who the nominee is. I'll be here if it's somebody not named Trump, he said. You won't show up if it's Trump, he was asked. I'm not interested in participating in that, no. Even in Wisconsin, the interview pressed to which Ryan doubled down, even in Wisconsin. Petty! According to Ryan, if the GOP nominates Trump again, we're going to lose. It's just that clear. We lost with him in 18, 20, 22. We know this. Wrong. Wrong, Paul. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Now, I know. As Speaker of the House and a senior congressman, he definitely has more information than I do. I, I'll grant that. However, as somebody who is boots on the ground here, uh, you know, again, talking to everybody, when Scott Walker ran for president, first in, first out, he kind of disappeared for like that last year. A lot of people were asking, where was Governor Walker? We saw more of Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Clayfish than we did of Scott Walker. One of the downsides to the Walker administration was they rested on the laurels after Act 10. And I don't want to beg on the Walker administration, but let's also be intellectually honest and call a duck a duck. Okay? 18 was potentially something that would happen. You get a Republican that comes in in 16, 18, if they have both chambers of Congress, what ends up happening, that typically will flip to the other party. In this case, it flipped to Democrats. That's typical. Here in Wisconsin, it was even more interesting because you had Tony Evers with a non-binding referendum on legalizing marijuana bringing all potheads out to vote. All low-information dumbasses out to vote. And they came out in droves. A few potheads right now that are still upset about that. Well, they said they were going to legalize weed. No, non-binding. I know you smoked away that party, sir, Bellum, but here, let me try to explain it to you. 2020? Come on, Paul. Again, you're not being honest here. Look at all the negative press com- coverage that happened during this whole summer of love. All that COVID stuff. Look at all the procedural issues that happened that changed in various states. Had nothing to do. Well, it did have something to do with Trump. But it wasn't as much as you might think. And then as far as 2022 is concerned, Paul, Paul Ryan needs to take credit for this because he was part of that group that brought in Tim Michaels last minute. I swear on this. I believe this. I think I believe the Michaels operation was a anybody but Rebecca thing because Rebecca should have had this. And I do believe wholeheartedly. I, I can't play. all. I'm, I'm going to play alternative universe, alternate reality for a moment. Only because we're going to speculate here. I do believe, though, if Rebecca Clayfish was our gubernatorial nominee 2022, we wouldn't be having Tony Evers right now. I, 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 I would put money on that. Unfortunately, there's no way to know that. But with all the infighting that happened here, and this again, Mr. Ryan, if you were on the ground in this election cycle, you would have seen it. 
You got the fake trade groups out there, QAnon, fringe fools out there. You got the so-called establishment people here. You got the people actually trying to do things for the people. If you were on the ground, you would have seen it. So to blame Trump for 2022, nah, can't do that. I don't think Trump helped, but if you look at his, his win-loss record overall, and I'm not Trump's biggest fan, but he recognizes his game. And Trump had a lot of wins for his picks. So just throwing that out there to you, man. Christine mentioned here, um, this time around, he had college campuses. Probably got a lot of out-of-state voters who are just living to attend. Exactly. Especially with the flexibility and rules. I haven't connected with him yet, but I do intend to. Paul Ryan continues, he will cost us another election, so I'm just excited about somebody not named Trump, he continued. There are great people running. I know them all. They're all pretty decent friends of mine. And so I think any one of these candidates that are thinking about getting in the race, if they get in the race, would be a great candidate. I think we're going to beat Joe Biden if we don't run Donald Trump, he added. However, recent ABC News, Washington Post poll provides evidence to the contrary. Finding that registered voters preferred former President Trump over Biden in 2024, with Trump garnering 48% compared to, the, to Biden at 45 the poll show among registered voters, 53% disapprove and 42% strongly disapprove when asked about the way Joe Biden is handling his job as president. 91% of Republicans, 16% of Democrats, and 51% of independents said they disapprove. During this interview, Paul Ryan blew off any theories that he might run for Congress again. No, no, I'm done. I did 10 terms in Congress. I'm done running for Congress, and I'm going to, I'm not doing that again. By the way, Here's a fun story. Fun fact. After I think it's like 20 years in Congress, you get paid whatever the highest amount is in terms of what your retirement is. Actually, I think it's after 10 years, and then it goes up incrementally, and I think it goes to 100% after 20 or 22, something like that. And who's the highest paid member in all of Congress? Or in, well, actually, maybe even all of Congress. But definitely in the House of Representatives, that is the Speaker of the House. Here's a brother who will never have to worry about a mortgage payment ever again. Meanwhile, you and I will be struggling to pay the electric bill. But hey, anyone but Trump, right? Anyone but Trump. Oh, what, what, what did Justin Bieber do? Justin Bieber is not coming to Summerfest. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Apparently, I got, the, I got a newsflash on that. Figure you might want to know. Because I know you guys are... What, what, what do they call them? Believers? I don't know. I can't keep up with this. Anywho. Chinese spy balloons. Request for interview. Creepy pasta. Instagram. Paul Ryan. None of that is important or as entertaining as the next story I have here for you. No. It gets so much better. I hope you guys know, three years ago, right about now, we were all tracking progress of COVID. We were watching country after country getting overwhelmed. People dying in the streets. And it did happen. It did. And then in about, well, 17 days. And I remember this very well. On March 17th of 2020, Governor Tony Evers shut down the state. Like, literally, 
try to kill this economy. And I remember it because it was March 17, 2020, 5 p.m. All the bars, the restaurants, anywhere where people congregate with the exception of so-called essential services. Grocery stores, liquor stores, gas stations, those allowed to remain open. But everything else wasn't. Nope. Yeah. Three years. Can you believe that? And we all sat there glued to the TV. And we were all told that COVID came about because why? Because somebody, some nasty-ass fruit bat at a wet market in China. For those of you guys that don't know what a wet market is, a wet market is when you go to this open-air market and there's people, like, chopping up, you know, animals. And depending on your country, it could be beef, it could be pork, it could be dog, it could be, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's better off not asking what meat is, depending on where you're at. Fugu! Um, Pufferfish. Be very careful when you eat pufferfish. Anyway. But it was interesting because I remember during that time. Excuse me. There was speculation that was going on. That maybe it was a biological weapon. Maybe it was, you know, from a... You know, a weapons lab that might have happened. Maybe it was an intentional attack. And of course, you know, the media kept tracing it back to the so-called patient zero who obtained this bat from the wet market. And it sounded very weird because when they described this wet market being like nearby and nearby, like, I don't want to say it was across the street, but somebody made it sound like that. A lot of people talked about it like that. And it sounds really weird because like, if you have a, how do I want to phrase, for lack of a better phrase, a biological weapons or biological research facility, would that facility be with proximity of a place like a, um, a wet market or where areas of commerce are happening? Or would these be an area where it's like much more isolated, if for no other reason, security? I would think that. I wouldn't even think they would do that in China. Like, that just seems to make sense. I mean, you have sensitive information. You have sensitive research. You have, like, some of the nastiest stuff on the planet that you don't really want. Because when you think about the gain of function, they take a virus, mutate it, make it worse, so they can try to come up with antidotes. At the same time, they're creating, like, you know, extinction-level events. But that was the thing. COVID wasn't an extinction-level event. And to make matters worse, when people got COVID, we did the worst possible. Everyone's admitting to this all of a sudden, too. Well, lockdowns were the wrong thing. The masks were the wrong thing. Um, everything was just wrong. Now, wow. You mean all your conspiracy friends were right about this? Well, let's put icing on the kick here because apparently the Department of Energy last week came out and said that they've concluded. I believe the terminology was it's a fair assessment that COVID probably came out from a laboratory in Wuhan. Not wet market, but biological research facility. Lab leak hypothesis has now become the prominent theory, as it were. And here's the kick on this. For the last three years, 
I've had videos that were struck down because I talked about this, because I didn't go with the mainstream narrative. I Other people have had it. People have been banned. They've had permanent bans. Um, just ridiculous. Because why? They bucked the mainstream media. They bucked the CDC. They bucked the WHO. And you know what? The CDC, the WHO, the mainstream media are all lying to you. And it's not even so much that the mainstream media was lying to you. They were talking about something that they not know to be certain. That was a theory in of itself. And by God, if you even so much as gave a counter theory, an alternative theory, theory you were wrong. You were villain. But wait, it gets better. The FBI director, mind you, these are Biden administration officials now, says that COVID pandemic most likely originated from a Chinese lab. Fox News and several hundred other news sources have been reporting this. FBI Director Christopher Ray said that the COVID-19 pandemic was likely caused by a lab leak in Wuhan, China. The FBI has quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan, Ray told Fox News in an interview that aired Tuesday. Here, you are talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government-controlled lab. Let's stop for a second here. Stop for a moment. He said that the origins of the pandemic are most likely... Oh, no, no. The FBI has quite has for quite some time assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely from a, pan, a potential lab incident. This is the game they play here. And I want you to think about quite some time. Define quite some time. Because if you talk lab leak hypothesis, even so much two, three months ago, you're struck down. And you're struck down on social media because social media had this policy that if you went against the World Health Organization or the CDC and the nerd they're putting out there, you were wrong. So, I don't know. Is the FBI get you know get, get all their stuff struck down? Because they're the ones saying that for quite some time, this is and their hypothesis is just the same. What a messed up world we live in. But shall we continue? Ray's comments come after the Department of Interior says that the COVID-19 pandemic was likely caused by an accidental lab leak in China. Wait, wait. How is this accidental? Like accident. I don't know. I tripped up my toe. That's an accident. You were walking by me. You had a uh, jar of peanut butter. I was walking by you. I'm eating a, a chocolate bar. I trip and my chocolate bar falls in your peanut butter. That's an accident. A supposedly extremely secure biological research with some of the nastiest stuff on the planet accidentally leaking? How does that happen? How? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a theory. I know, but, you know, it's, it's, the commercial was good. Christine mentioned here, uh, didn't come from a scientist who was in the caves. Finn was performing research at a lower level was, uh, than was best practice and didn't realize how contagious it was. China then never shut down and allowed people to travel outside the country. Here, I'm, I'm going to give you something, the story I heard. Um, hmm. This story is kind of wicked. So apparently, in the fall of 2019, they were like these, um, I don't know what they call them, 
Pan American um, Games or something like that. A bunch of athletes. They were they were in China, and I think it was a place near Wuhan. It's been about a year since I've heard this story. And again, I don't know if it's one hundred percent true, but I'm telling the story anyway. So a bunch of people from a bunch of different countries go to this sporting event. And all compete. Everybody's out there giving it their all because that is what they do. These are professional athletes. They are Olympic-level people doing their thing. Well, after the games, they all flew home to respective homes. Some of them were feeling sick. Some of them felt like they got rocked. And some of them reported as saying that, you know, I, I was sick before, but never to this degree. And that's how the spit started on the onset in late, 20, late 19 into early 2020. I remember this was late January, early February of 2020. Now, I get sick generally. Generally speaking, I will get sick once a year. And when I get sick, and I always dread February because it's like, oh, February is horrible. Um, it'll knock me off for like, I don't know, a day, maybe two. Nothing, nothing crazy though. It's just, you know, all right, I feel like crap, I'm congested, but I can function. However, that February, oh my God. I, I've not been able to confirm whether I had COVID or not. What I do know is I coughed so much. I felt like I was breaking ribs. Um, I found it just hard to breathe. I felt like it waited the whole, like almost for four or five days. Um, I just, I felt horrible and I've never, like never in all of my life have I been taken out like that and I got over it, but oh my God, fortunately, you know, God bless, you know, knock on wood, I have six cents. But I've also been trying to take better care of myself at the same time. So, here's an interesting side note, too. Do you remember when all they did was hand out all these stimulus checks and they said, you know, you can't go to the gym because it's a non-essential thing? Like, that should have been like the most essential thing that they should have had up going on. With obesity being the problem that it is and people's, like, crappy diets and everything. Like, don't go full carnivore. Don't go full vegan. Like, Say no. Here, they should have had a campaign. Say no to ho ho. Say no to Oreo. The ho. I guess no ho. Somebody would think it's the rest of Kamala Harris. No. You know. Say no to the Twinkie. You know. Do you really need a third burger? You know, something like that. What they should have done instead of stimulus checks is I don't know. Give out gym memberships. You know, treadmills to everybody. I, I don't know. Folks have a national campaign on physical health and education. I mean, to me, that would make more sense. When you're healthy, you have a better chance of recovering faster, better, or better yet, not getting sick at all. That should have been the focus. And I think part of why you hand out stimulus checks, you wanted people to spend, stimulate the economy, all that other stuff. But could you have stopped the loss of life? But just when you guys think I'm done, it gets better. How, how can I get better? Well, allow me to bring in my, fr my friend, your friend, our friend, Elon Musk. Because apparently Elon Musk, who does business with a lot of different countries, apparently he has a report on the Wuhan lab leak. 
That is correct. This comes from uh, CNBC. China's CCP is warning Elon Musk against sharing the Wuhan lab leak report. Chinese state uh, media warned Tesla CEO Elon Musk that he was risking his relationship with China after he tweeted about the U.S. government's low-confidence assessment that the COVID pandemic originated in a Wuhan laboratory. The warning comes ahead of a congressional hearing on China after the downing of a Chinese espionage balloon heightened tensions between Beijing and the U.S. Oh, this is too good. CNBC's Unice reported Tuesday morning on the warning from the, from the social media page of the Global Times, the English language subsidiary of the CCP, controlled people's daily. <laughs> the Global Times is a communist control subsidiary. Nice. The Global Times warned Musk that he could be breaking the pot of China after the Tesla and Twitter CEO responded to tweets that asserted the COVID pandemic originated in Wuhan Research Laboratory. That saying, uh, the saying is akin to, to the idiom, to bite the hand that feeds you, you reported. Tesla has an ex- expansive fa- facility, uh, excuse me, factory campus in Shanghai, and China is the electric vehicle manufacturer's second largest market. The Department of Ed- Energy concluded that with low confidence, the COVID pandemic began in the laboratory, but sources familiar with the matter stressed to NBC News that the conclusion was not viewed as highly significant. The FDA reached a similar conclusion at a moderate confidence level in 2021. The governing Chinese Communist Party has been highly sensitive to the matter, especially as it courts outside investment after months of zero COVID lockdown prompted national protests, CNBC's Eunice Yoon reported. Musk wasn't immediately available to comment. <sighs> Let's think about this for a moment. This little espionage balloon, this uh, weather balloon, as China called it, flew over sovereign American to- uh, uh, airspace. And, of course, our administration was so damn stupid, they allowed it to go over the entirety of the continental United States. Some one general had the, the point that, well, when we downed it, we were able to recover it, so therefore we can find out what they know, but you still gave them the information. And then China's upset because how dare you shoot down our balloon? You're spying on us, dude. What did you think we were going to do? China being responsible for this lab leak. Now you're mad because we're calling you out on it? Do you remember a couple of years ago when China was really hot about that? It didn't come there. Making these accusations an act of war. It does make you wonder, though. It does make you wonder because if that leak becomes the prominent thinking and we come to find out later that it was not just a leak, but it was intentional, would that be cause to go to war? And... If that is caused, we'll go to war. You have China that's already saying that they're going to supply the so- uh, Soviet Union, Russia, with tanks and drones and other armaments as they continue to fight in Ukraine. And of course, we're getting all kinds of tanks. And you know, Joe Biden decided he wanted to go there the other day, and uh, you know, to Kiev and pledge like five hundred billion dollars. Meanwhile, you know, we got people in East Palestine who are getting wrecked over there because of the controlled burn of all those chemicals, vinyl chloride, amongst all that. Is World War Three inevitable? I don't know. These are things I'm thinking.
I'm sure it's crossed your mind once or twice in the past, too. And I think that's the crazy part because, well, if we had this conversation four or five years ago and we said this was how it was going to play out, none of us, I mean, none of us would have believed this. If we sat here and said, yeah, this is what's going to happen and we're going to be on the brink of World War III, nah, none of us would buy into that. We get all happened here. So. All right, guys, we are approaching the two-hour marker. I'm going to call it a night. Still got some more work I got to do. Got to respond to emails. I got to read some emails. Got to pretend like I have more than a Milwaukee public school education. <laughs> Good luck with that, huh? But I want to thank you guys all for joining here tonight. Thank you guys for joining in here on the replay. And again, make sure you check out our website, thecaramelconservative.com. Check out our YouTube channel. And, uh, of course, like, share, subscribe with your friends. Look forward to more content. We're going to have more videos coming out. And, um, yeah, it's going to be good times. So on that note, I want to thank you then. Good night. God bless you. God bless the state of Wisconsin. God bless the USA. Let's, uh, let's take it on back with, uh, yeah, let's do Lynch Mob. Wicked Sensation. <laughs> Thank you.